Yes, we're going to get to that. Um, how many of you understand the Trinity? Really? And if you tried to explain it, what would you sound like? A heretic, right? One God, three persons. What in the world is that about? But we've been celebrating it since the ninth century. Did you know that? We've been celebrating it a long time. It's the, it's the only celebration in the church that is focused on a doctrine rather than an event or a figure in Christian history. So, as Karen has invited us to do, let us review Trinity, what the Trinity is all about. God is the Father, God is the Son, God is the Holy Spirit. That's all you need to say to anybody, right? Everybody else gets it, right? God is these three persons, but still God. Sound weird yet? I hope so, because it's a mystery. But listen, God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but God the Father is not God the Son, and not God the Holy Spirit. And God the Son is not the other two, nor is the Holy Spirit the Father or the Son. They are one, but they are three personalities. They, or God, have or has coexisted since the beginning. They are not forms of the same God. They are all fully God, and they are one God, but they are distinctly three. No, there is no explicit reference to the Trinity in the Bible. There are verses that imply it. I, I wonder why God didn't really scribe the word, I am Trinity, in the Bible. Maybe it's because he didn't want to confuse us. But it's in there. There are plenty of verses that tell us that. Ultimately, the Trinity is a mystery. We know the Trinity only by faith and by trust. And though there is no perfectly understandable way to explain it, we express our love for and our faith in the Trinity specifically today. Everybody gets it, right? You all understand it. You can all explain it to your friends or somebody who may or may not look at you like you have three heads. <laughs> and that's okay if you don't know it. If you can't fully explain God, I think that's okay, don't you? I think so too. Happy Trinity Sunday anyway. <laughs> Nobody said we had to fully understand the God who not only created us, is the Trinity who created us, but he also created the world out of nothing. He made us in his image. He watched us mess up his plan. And then he fixed it by dying for us. Did you hear what I said? God died for us? Does that sound like a God to you? And promised to restore it all according to his perfect will. We just have to accept some of the things we hear. And we have to accept him. All three in one of him. Without the Trinity, that would not be possible. So I'm glad you have it all down and you can explain it uh, to anybody you need to explain it to. But I think there's a more important question uh, to the doctrine of the Trinity, not just to know the Trinity, but I think the doctrine of the Trinity is intensely practical for us. And I'm going to try to uh, convince you of that this morning. I want to convince you that God as the Trinity has a profound importance for us. It answers a question that has been around for a very long time. And I'll get to that in a second. 
You should know, though, in the cycle of readings, or the lectionary, this is a cycle of readings that happens every three years, it repeats every three years. Uh, in today's reading for Trinity Sunday is the beginning of the Bible, the creation account. And I shortened the full reading of each of those days to include just the sixth day of creation, which is the creation of humanity. Why did the people, is my question, who decide the appropriate readings for each Sunday include the creation account for today? What does creation have to do with the Trinity? It's just my guess, but outside of what God speaks during creation, that God says to God's self, what does God say to himself? Let us make man in our own image. It answers the question of why God created us. And I think the answer to that question has everything to do with why we decide to get out of bed in the morning. It gives our lives the most basic and most necessary purpose for living every day. Did you ever ask yourself a question? It's a higher level question, but ever ask this question, why did he do it? Why did God create humanity? You could say, why did he create everything? But why did he create us specifically? He didn't need to, did he? God doesn't need anything. He didn't need to create anything, including us. There has to be a good reason outside of simply doing it to glorify himself. It's definitely not because he needs us. I'm sorry if you thought that God needed you, but God does not need you. God does not need me either. God doesn't need the choir. God doesn't need, God doesn't need anybody. Why doesn't God need anybody? Because he's self, completely, perfectly self-sufficient. God has everything God needs in himself. Now, I hope that doesn't burst your bubble. He loves us. You should know that. And I'm going to get back to that in just a minute. But he doesn't need us because God has himself. God has the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He has always been and will always be in perfect relationship to himself. He doesn't need a relationship with us. He wants one more than anything, but he doesn't need it. It doesn't take away anything from who he is or his greatness and completeness without it. He wasn't lonely. He didn't need a friend in Adam and Eve. God is perfectly God before creation and will always be regardless of anything, including any decision we could possibly make about accepting what he graciously offers. How many of you know the name of God? Hmm? Yahweh is one of them. Yes, it's based in a more basic. I am. Very good. The Hebrew, I am. When Moses asked who should uh, he say sent him to go uh, free his people, what did God respond? I am sent you. Tell them I am sent you. It's a statement of God that he makes about himself. He is completely God, creation or not, fully self-sufficient since the beginning and will be forever. So why did God do it? Why are we sitting here today? 
some very smart people who write very smart books and commentaries and all that sort of thing say he created us for his pleasure. I think that's partly true. Uh, in one sense it's true, in one sense it's not. Let me tell you why it's not uh, and actually uh, the best answer. God doesn't need us for his amusement or his entertainment. We're not his puppets, we're not there to make him happy. He was completely happy without us. All things were created by him and for him, but not for that reason. So that's not a great answer to me. Although I'm quite certain the creation of humanity above everything else he created pleased him. And it might be a bit simplistic, but we could easily say that God felt joy in the act of creating us. And that gets us a little closer to why he did it. Let me share a quote by uh, Pastor John Piper. You may have heard of him. He's fairly well known. Uh, in an interview on his website, he says the following. I think the biblical reality and teaching of the Trinity, God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is essential to that doctrine of God's self-sufficiency. Because what the Trinity implies in the relationships between the Father and the Son and the Spirit is that God is love and has always been love. The Bible says God is love. Just Karen just read that for you, 1 John 4.16. He has always been love. Before there was a world to love, God was love. In other words, Trinity means a lot when it comes to how we deal with God and how we deal with other people. In other words, God is a personal being. God in three persons, right? Three personalities. In God's perfection, the perfect expression of being in relationship is this one word, though, between the three personalities of God, and that is love. It's who God is at the most basic level. And now, when we speak of love, we're getting closer to why God created us and created us in his image. God created us because he is love. It's his very nature and character. Not only is God a personal being, he is also a creative being. He created especially us because he loves. So we can say that it gives God pleasure to have other beings with whom he can have a genuine loving relationship. He doesn't need us, but make no mistake, he loves us. That's who he is. God said he created us in his image. We have the ability to know God because we are created to be like him. We should think of it this way. When you're looking in a mirror, what do you see? You see yourself in the mirror, right? But you do not see yourself exactly, do you? What do you see? An image or a reflection of yourself. In every way, we are God's image and reflection, but we are not God. Just to be clear, he is the creator, we are created. The thing made can never be greater than or as great as the one who made it. So at our best, we will reflect who God is. That means we have the capacity to love 
the way God loves. Now, up to this point, we've been talking theology, right? Well, basically, it's, it's basic theology. Uh, I've been sharing the implications of the answer as to why God created us. But the first John scripture helps us understand the practical reasons why God created us. If God is love in relationship, as noted in the Trinity, and he created us because of love, then it makes sense that we are supposed to do something with it as God did. It makes sense that we are able to be in a relationship with him as he is in a relationship to himself. 1 John 7, 1 John 4, verse 7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. 8. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Another answer to the question of why God created us is so that we could love him and love one another. That is the fundamental reason why we get out of bed or should get out of bed in the morning, so that we can love God and love one another. Even though Adam and Eve messed it up, and we inevitably mess it up, even though we distorted his image, every day is another opportunity to love God and love others. Verses 10 and 11. This is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. God didn't create us for his enjoyment. He created us for relationship as he is in relationship. To know God through Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit and to love each other. I think the best way to say why he created it, why he created us, is that he did it for love. I hope you can appreciate how intensely practical that is. We'll love imperfectly, of course. In fact, we'll not do it very well at all sometimes. But thanks be to God for his son, for his sacrifice. Thanks be to God for his Holy Spirit who guides and instructs. God made us to sleep for seven to eight hours a day. How many of you get seven or eight hours a day asleep? Do you? Well, you should. You know, I actually had a professor once that said, if you don't sleep seven or eight hours, then you're not doing what you were in, created to do, to sleep for seven or eight hours. But for the other 16 or 17 hours of the day, his intention is that we grow in our relationship with him and reflect his image to others. That means to love like he loves. That would bring him glory, the most important reason he created anything at all. When we love, we reflect God. His reason for creating is our reason for existing. I hope that sounds good to you. I hope 
maybe the Trinity sounds a little less like a doctrine and a little more like something you could use even today. But I would ask you to consider these questions as well. In a way of being practical about uh, who the Trinity is and how God has loved us. What are you doing today for love? What are you doing to get to know and love God better? You're here sitting in worship, and that's a good start. But what about after lunch? What relationships are you building, mending, growing, initiating, or otherwise attending to? What relationships would you nurture over dinner? Which ones will you pray about before you go to sleep? Who will you love today after you first love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength? That's why he woke you up today. And God willing, that's why he'll wake you up tomorrow so that you can do one thing. And that one thing is to love. That's why he created you and me. We are an overflow of his love. Once again from Piper. And this is what he communicated in creation to us, to his people. He gave to all who would have it, all who would receive it as their treasure. He gave us a share in the God-displaying, God-glorifying delight that God has in God. And if you press even harder on me and say, but why, why did he do this if he was so full and happy without creation? I would say it's the nature of the fullness of divine love to share itself. That's just what love is like in God. If God is love, and we are made in God's image, guess what we're supposed to do? Maybe we should share it too. So I started out about talking about the Trinity. Although a mystery, the perfect expression of love in relationship. But in no better way is this proven than in the sacrifice of Jesus. Before time, God appointed his co-eternal son to show at just the perfect time in history what it means to love. Through his sacrifice and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we have been offered the grace to love him in return. To reject this gift is to reject the very reason we were created. We're inviting you to come to the table today, again, to be reminded that God is love in no better way. Is there a way for us to express this or to experience this? He gave everything to prove it. And then when we're done having communion, we should leave the table and love like God loves as one who carries God's image. God is love. He created us in love to love. The question is, what will you do with it?